Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you are new to the show, every Monday and Thursday, we have a new episode releasing on charismapodcastnetwork.com. You could also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere that podcasts are listened to, and you could tap in there. Um, I've got a special guest on the show with me today. He's actually in studio, which is awesome. I love having guests in studio. Um, and we're going to be diving into a subject that you guys know I love dearly, and we insert this into almost every episode of Awaken Podcast. And so, but at the same time, my desire, just like it says, Awaken Podcast, Ephesians 5.14. If you're not new to the show, um, you've heard me quote this scripture several times, but Ephesians 5.14, awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The Apostle Paul said that to believers, not unbelievers. And so in the church, we need an awakening an awakening to the true gospel, the pure gospel. Our hearts need to be awakened to the beauty of Jesus, who he is, what he's accomplished, who we truly are, our identity as believers, so that we can live an empowered life to release the kingdom of God, to walk into our destinies um, and destroy the works of the enemy. And so today I've got a guest. His name is Peter Lewis. He is the founder and visionary of Braveheart Ministries in Dallas, Texas. He works locally and internationally to train and equip the church for works of ministry, to preach the pure gospel to be a catalyst for revival and to reconcile the lost to God. He's an author of three books, Back to the Gospel, another book, Back to Pentecost, and his newest one, Keep the Blood Warm, along with a curriculum and several training materials. He lives in Dallas with his wife. He has five children, um, and he regularly partners with churches and ministries in the greater Dallas-Fort Worth area, including Upper Room, and he speaks at conferences all over the states. And so, Peter, man, thanks for joining me in studio today. It's an honor to be here, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So me and him, were talking a little bit before the podcast. We're just already talking about the gospel, and man, we should have been recording just in general mm. before you came up here. But you shared with me a little bit of your story, man, and those who listen to the show frequently, they know I love to hear about how people encountered the Lord Jesus Christ. So share with us a little bit how this journey started with you, man. Yeah, there's two pivotal moments um, I was sharing with you in your home state of New Jersey. Uh, mm-hmm. I was visiting my aunt one summer with my mom and brother, and um, my we were, she was putting my mom was putting us to bed one night, and my brother was asking about, hey, I don't want to go to hell. And I was kind of like, that was a new concept. And so yeah. my mom shares the gospel with my brother, and they didn't know, but I was listening. And so I popped up and said, hey, I want to I want to give my life to Jesus too. <laughs> Don't so, leave me out. Yeah. And I was like seven years old. And sure. so I prayed the prayer. And I remember there was a shift in my heart that day of like, okay, I want to live for God now. Didn't know what that meant, but just mm-hmm. had a consciousness of God. Um, and so all growing up was sort of aware of God, but didn't really know what that meant. It was still my mm-hmm. parents' faith. Yeah. And, and so got snagged in a number of sin struggles along the way, guilt, sure. shame, condemnation, uh, pornography, you know, mm-hmm. you name it. I was, I was fear of man, just crippled by a lot of stuff. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. and then in 2006, I, I had an encounter with the Holy spirit, um, that really took my faith from black and white to living color power awesome, of God, man. uh, was filled with the spirit, got set free from those addictions and really opened my eyes to life in the kingdom Amen, and the bro. abundance of Christianity. And so that really, that second encounter set me on a path uh, where I'm at today, which is just running with the gospel. Where were you in that encounter? Tell me a little bit more about that. Were you in a, a season of your life, you were just kind of sick of where you were, you just wanted more of God, or you just crying out? Like what, what kind of led to that encounter with the Holy Spirit? For sure. So I was pursuing a professional soccer career. I was playing soccer at uh, Coastal Carolina in South Carolina. Yeah. Um, I was 
done with this lust addiction. I was like, mm-hmm. God, this thing is owning me. It's yeah. dominating me. Your word says you're powerful, but this thing has more power over me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not cool. You know, yeah. like got really real with God for the sure. first time. And uh, my brother actually was, uh, had encountered the Holy Spirit in law school in Virginia. And so he comes home, this was 05, and he says, bro, he goes, I don't know if you know this, but like God's still doing stuff today. And I'm like, what do you mean stuff? He's like, like deaf ears opening, words of knowledge. I'm like, wait, what? Like I was never taught against it. I just didn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he invites me to this healing conference in March of 06 with Bill Johnson, Randy Clark, Jack Taylor, Lance Wallnow. Heavy hitters, yeah. And so I don't know any anyone from Adam. I show up at this thing. It's like spring break. Christianity, people are wilding out in the spirit, you know, and I'm like, what is this place? This is unlike any other church sure. service I've been to. Yeah. Um, and I went in and received prayer uh, for healing. I had, I had partially torn my MCL in my soccer pursuit. And, um, and man, they prayed for me and this woman prayed for me and I got filled with the Holy Ghost, just had a power encounter. I mean, wow. I was on my back. It, I felt the power of God go through me. I started speaking in tongues. I mean, it was a legitimate Come on. kind of moment that was really birthed out of desperation yeah. and and you know wanting freedom uh, from from what I had been dominated by most of my life. Yeah, that's awesome, man. The reason why I wanted to dig a little bit more there is because. I love hearing about encounters, first of all. I love how God touches people so uniquely. Mm. You know, I love hearing how people get set free and get empowered. But at the same time, we're today, today we're going to talk about the power of the gospel. And there's people, man, they're struggling, you know? And the Bible talks about freedom. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It is for freedom that he set us free. And so it's all over the scriptures. He didn't just die to forgive us of sin, but he died to set us free from the power of sin. And just in general, the abundant life that the scriptures, you know, talks about. And I just... I just know myself personally. I was in Bible school. You know, I hung out with, you know, the people that really wanted to be there. You know, they're on the evangelism team and they were pursuing the things of God. They're going on missions trips over the summer with, you know, with me. And we were just going after the things of God. But I saw there was very real and present struggles in their lives, things that they didn't want to do, things that they hated doing. You know, like you said, pornography, like you said, maybe, you know, food, uh, you know, gluttony, maybe um, just selfishness or whatever, you know, different, different things that they were struggling with. And, um, and you know, there was always this cry in my heart, like, God, like, I want to see your church free. You must want to see your church free mm. more than me. And I remember one Sunday, it was kind of a, an enlightening moment for me, but I was in church and they were singing that song, I believe it was by Eddie James, but it was like, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I remember looking around and everyone's singing about freedom. And I'm like, how many of the, how many people here are actually experiencing genuine freedom? Mm. Are we all really free? You know? And it kind of made my heart ache. And I was like, God, I, I need to see the power of your gospel. If you said it's true, then it's true. And I, I started digging into the scriptures and I saw in Romans 1.16 how it says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And then in 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but is the power of God for those who are being saved. And then just a few verses later, 1 Corinthians 1.24, it says Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. So right here in the scriptures, Christ is the power of God. The cross is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. And so, Lord, okay, if your power is attached to this beautiful gospel and your son, Jesus Christ, we, I, we, I think we need to start digging a little bit deeper here and discovering what is this gospel. Yeah. And we need to get to know your son, who is the source of all power and yeah. life. And so I just began this journey, man. You know, um, God desires our freedom more than we desire to be free. And he made a way. 
Mm. And he made a way. And I just want to go into that a little bit today. Yeah. You know, I, I had a similar wrestle in that, you know, I was on the street sharing the gospel with this guy who lived on the streets. And I was like, do you know Jesus loves you? He's like, yeah, I know. And I'm smelling his breath. It's filled with alcohol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he describes what God did on the cross. He's like, yeah, he died on a cross for me. On the third day, he rose again. He's forgiven my sins, but he's in bondage, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, even my own heart was really numb. If I'm honest, I'm out there sharing the gospel on the streets but I was really doing it more out of obligation than out of passion and love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and it forced me to ask this question in this wrestle that you just described. And it was, God, how can we talk about the greatest act of love the world's ever known and it not elicit any emotional or, or response in my heart? How can we be this way talking about this thing? And, and he spoke to me so clearly. And he said, knowing what I did for you will have little power to change your life unless it's coupled with a deep understanding of why I did it. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you want to tap into the power of the gospel, he goes, I want you to behold my son on that cross and ask me why. Yeah. Like, why did I do it? And, um, and that's really led me on this journey, like you said, of, of really slowing down. Um, I think a lot of believers, they think of the gospel as only a message for the lost. And I think something that we forget is that the gospel actually is the... It, it's not only the message that we hear to get born again, but it's mm-hmm. the message that God uses, the revelation of his son for believers to mature them out of sin into Christ-likeness and into the fullness of life in the kingdom. It, there's only one message, and it's the gospel. And so <laughs> yes. if, we don't, if we don't know how to continue in the gospel and continue in the faith, we get born again, and then we just begin to wander in the wilderness of religiosity and mm-hmm. in the fog of Christianity, not knowing how to really enter into the promised land. And and that's what the gospel promises us. That's awesome, bro. I believe that 100%. And for me, it was interesting because when I began to get a revelation of the gospel, the Lord highlighted to me, he's like, son, like you read the epistles. You love the epistles of Paul and you love, you know, Psalms and Proverbs and and he was just like, but you skim through the Gospels. He's like, you know, when it comes to Christ being crucified and the and the trial and him being beaten and scourged and what he said on the cross. And it's like I grew up with it. You know, I grew up hearing it. And it's like I knew where it was going. You know what I mean? And so, like, it wasn't that enticing. And I was just, I would skip over it. Yeah, Jesus died. Okay, boom. And then I would read into, like, the epistles. And I would go into Book of Revelation and all this stuff. And the Lord is just like, I just wondered, like, how come? Like, how come? Like, my heart should be excited by this gospel. Why is it not? And maybe, and I was just like, maybe it's because I never truly heard the pure and unadulterated gospel. Maybe I don't really understand what Christ accomplished for me Mm. when he was hanging on that cross, Mm. you know? And the Lord began, I said, all right, Lord, well, open my eyes to truly what you, you, what you did for me, you know? And I've always had this, you know, Jesus did it, but I got to help him out mentality. I've always had this, you know, I would never say it this way, but it was more of a partial gospel than a full gospel than, than a finished work. You know, Mm. Jesus said it is finished. You know, and I always just thought like, okay, well, you know, Jesus died to set me free and to forgive me of sin, but I need to do X, Y, Z or else I'm not going to be blessed or I'm not going to be, God's not going to be happy or pleased with me. And I think because I had that mentality, it just, it didn't, the gospel didn't accept. I, I believed that Jesus loved me no matter what, but I didn't believe he liked me. And he was, you know, I didn't always see myself as a righteousness of God in Christ. And the God, he began to reshape my understanding of the gospel, which I think we, we, we need a major upheaval. I see God doing it all over the world, though, bringing pure revelation 
of the gospel because that is the power of God. Yeah. And you said something really interesting. It was like you knew it, but you didn't know it. You, mm-hmm. you weren't experiencing it. Yeah. And, and that's one of the ways I describe it is that, you know, the gospel is not something first and foremost that we're meant to know intellectually. It's meant to be something that we behold and that we're in awe of. And so if a believer is listening and they're like, well, what do I do? It's like, it's like if you went to the mountains of Colorado and like you were telling someone like, oh, I went and saw the Rockies and you're going to describe this most majestic scene. Like if you've ever seen just these beautiful Rocky Mountains and the way it takes your breath away and your soul is just takes a deep breath, right? Because you're like, man, this is so stunning. Like visiting the Rocky Mountains is not something that you just know intellectually. It's something mm-hmm. that impacts you because of its beauty and its majesty. Mm-hmm. That's our approach to the gospel. Something I want to provoke is like, wait a minute, this is not just, oh, I know what he did for me and why he did it. This is something that we're meant to behold. We were wired to be in awe of the majesty of who Christ is and what he's done. And and I think one of the ways we can really engage with that is to just slow down and take a different approach with spiritual understanding and knowledge. It's not so much what I know, it's how deep is this is this getting into my heart? Am I yeah. Is my breath taking like being taken away? Like, am I, am I marveling at the fact that the blood of God was shed so that my sins could be forgiven? Are you kidding me? I could spend six months on that <laughs> every day and just yeah. go if I if I was childlike enough and innocent enough and not so spiritually discerning. Go well, I know that. Let me get on to the more you know the, the higher things. the higher things. It's <laughs> like whoa, wait a minute. I don't have to pay for my sins. I'm free. Like he's forgiven me. I'm loved. I'm accepted. Wow. Like just staying innocent, staying childlike, staying in that place of awe and wonder. To me, that's that's where I try to stay as someone who's, man, for the last, man, I would say 15 years, I've just tried to behold the gospel through the scriptures. Who is this Christ? And stay innocent. Mm-hmm. I never want to become an expert. I never want to become like, well, that guy's a pro at it. no. The more I see him, Michael, the more blind I feel like I actually am. Mm -hmm. Like the more I see what he's done, the more beauty I'm like, oh man, I am just scratching the surface. Oh yeah. The Apostle Paul, he said, knowledge puffs up or makes arrogant, but love edifies. And I just feel like, you know, going to Bible school too, just in general, it's just like, you know, people are, they're searching for knowledge, you know, there's always the guys that, you know, they want to be in debates and they want to, you know, Calvinism versus Armenianism, predestination, you know, all this different stuff, the end times, where do you stand on the end times and all this stuff. Um, But just in general, like, I just feel like we give lip service to powerful truths. Like you said, God loves me. I know that I'm forgiven. I know that let's just move on to the greater things or whatever. But it's just like, no, do you truly know that? Like you said, it's not head knowledge. It's a heart knowledge. But I, I really believe a lot of it has to do with engaging the Lord with these truths. Mm. Like, Lord, you love me. You really love me. It's not just like memorizing facts, memorizing what's in the Bible, but it's taking these truths that are so transformative and life changing to the throne. Mm. And like, you know, before the Lord and intimacy, like you're saying, you're saying you're talking about slowing down, just like meditating on these things, like, God, you love me. You love me. And the, mm. the scriptures say that that we are loved in the same way that Jesus is loved mm. by our Heavenly Father. Meditate on that for your entire lifetime. And there's just something new that's going to unravel, you know? Just every single day of your life, you could just drink from that well of I am loved in the same manner that Jesus is loved. Imagine that. 
And it's just, it's mind-blowing. Your mind can't comprehend it. That's what the Apostle Paul says. It's peace that passes understanding. It's love that's immeasurable. Like, we can't measure this love. And so, man, I just, for me, I struggled with sin and I hated it. And it took me going before Jesus saying, I hate this. I love you, but I hate this and I don't know how to be free. And because I came to the Lord and I engaged my heart with him in my struggle, in my pain, in my in my brokenness, it gave him the opportunity to just lavish love on me and speak words of truth and revelation to me. Like the Lord would say to me, I'm pleased with you. I love you so much. When I felt ugly, I felt unlovely. I felt dark and broken, you know, and the Lord just say like, I love you. I died for you. My blood was shed. I see you spotless. I see you perfect. But like, that's the gospel. And it's when our hearts begin to engage with God. I think just in our everyday lives and what we go through, you know, the, the Holy Spirit comes to bring the truth of the gospel and really just unpacks all the lies that we believe, mm. you know? Yeah. And so it's just this man-centered, for me, it was a struggle with, I need to do this to make, you know, to see the path. I need to fast more. I need to do this. I need to obey. And if I don't, you know, it's not, you know, the gospel is, um, when we're talking about the gospel in general, it's just, man, we need a revelation of how loved we are, what Christ has accomplished, so we can see, truly see the freedom of it. Yeah, and it's and it's the revelation of the love, and it, and it's also it's also confidence that God's okay with us being free. Wow, it, mm-hmm. he it's believing that he he has made a way for us to be born of him. And we were talking about this before the actual show. Yeah. I don't believe we can live the Christian life in its fullness until you answer that question, are you from Adam or are you from Christ? Like, where's your origin? Mm, and because if, if you don't settle that question, if you still have a struggle of like, well, we have a dual nature, a dual identity, that identity confusion will create double-mindedness and you'll receive nothing from the Lord. That's, yeah. And the righteous shall live by faith in the fact that we've been born of him, born of God. And I'll, I'll never forget because I was struggling. I'm like, okay, being born of God, like these are the realities that like you slow down and marinate in. And I was like, God, how do I know that I've been born of you? Like, because I prayed the prayer, like, is mm-hmm. that like, cause that's, that's heavy language to be born of God. Oh yeah. John 1, 12, 13, those who received him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to be born, not of flesh, not of the will of man, but yeah. of God. Like that's a heavy statement. That means that we are now partakers of the divine, that our origin is now from God and not and not Adam. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, God, how do I, how do I, like, how do I know that you're, that you've given me that? And man, I'll never forget. He showed me when, when the first Adam went to sleep and, and he opened Adam's side and he took a rib out of Adam's side and he formed Eve mm-hmm. out of Adam's side. And it was like, I was doing this Genesis gospel study side by side, and it just happened very organically. But then I was looking at when Jesus was crucified he goes to sleep, he dies, a spear opens his side, mm-hmm. and blood and water comes out. And John's like, I'm testifying that this is true. And it's like, how are we born again? By blood and by water. Yeah. And so he's showing us, again, this is part of that nuance and the beauty of the revelation of who he is and what he's done. He's literally, the last Adam is saying, hey, my bride is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This is your, this is your origin. You're not born in sin anymore. If you've been born again, your origin is my side. That's you've so you've come mm-hmm. from me. And so now when I'm like, oh, am I really saved? It's like, no, no, no. I can see with the eyes of faith that my Jesus, 
His side was opened, and that's where I came from. I've been washed in his blood, baptized in water, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's, that's to me, like my confidence that he's now, he's now my source. And so I'm not trying to fight. If I, if I see remnants of my old man pop up, I'm like, man, where did, how did you get through the cross? That's not me. Yeah, yeah. that's not, <laughs> you know, where, what are you doing here? Yeah. You know, um, and it's not like, oh, I can't believe I did this again. That's, you know, that's normal. It's uh-huh. like, no, sin becomes abnormal. It becomes right. very alien to my thinking, right. to my behavior. Well, one thing that I don't like to hear is, you know, even in some songs, some worship songs, you know, some bad theology slips into some worship songs, you know, we're talking about being prone to wander. Like if you truly believe that you are prone to wander, like that's your nature, your nature is prone to wander. Like as, as Christians, as believers, um, I truly believe we're prone to righteousness, that our heart loves righteousness and hates wickedness. Therefore, we're, we're anointed with the oil of joy yeah. above our companions. We need to believe that. No, listen, my out of my nature, like I I am holy. I'm the righteous of God in Christ, and my heart deep down wants that more than anything else. Even if I sin, I hate it on the inside. Mm. It's not it, it goes against who I am. So that's why I feel the guilt and the shame and the condemnation. Like, and I'm not saying those things that's not good, guilt, shame, and condemnation. Those don't come from God. But when you have condemnation, it's almost like a confirmation or a reminder that no, this isn't cool with me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like it's even proof that I do have a new nature. I used to sin till my heart was content and not care about it, and now I sin and I can't stand this thing. Right? You know what I mean? And um, anyway, when I read John twenty, where it says that Jesus showed up to uh, Mary Magdalene as as a gardener, and she had no clue; she thought he was just a gardener. I began to think like Adam; he was the first gardener, and then Jesus outside of that tomb. He was standing there as a gardener. And, um, Mm. you know, that tomb that day became a womb to birth the new creation. Mm. And the first Adam was in a garden. The last Adam also appeared as a gardener, shared the gospel to Mary Magdalene, who at one point had seven demons, was a prostitute. And all of us at one point had our own demons. And we all were adulteresses, you know, adulterers at one point. And she went off to preach the gospel. And that was the beginning of the new creation. And I feel like there's so many people that have and just in general we all at one point or another we're all growing in this revelation but we give so much credit to adam and so little credit to jesus mm-hmm. you know like we, we think salvation is so fragile like we could sin our way out of it you know like mm-hmm. jesus if we couldn't do enough righteous works to earn salvation can we truly do enough sinful acts to just suddenly be out of salvation and back into adam and I understand that grace empowers righteousness and will hate sin, but what Christ has accomplished is so much greater than what Adam did to destroy mankind. Even yeah. it, it talks about that in Romans as well, that mm. Christ is the last Adam and what he did was way more powerful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, man, absolutely. And so this is this is something that I think is huge. And when it comes to a lot of people think, okay, well, the church we need to see righteousness and holiness. We need to be an example, all this stuff. You know, Christ has come back for a spotless bride. So they automatically think that being harder on sin and preaching judgment, preaching hell, preaching holiness is the answer, right? We're going to almost scare people into righteousness so they're afraid to sin or, you know, they're afraid of punishment, the fear of punishment. Um, but that's not the solution. <laughs> and I think it's honestly a part of the problem. And I believe in holiness. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people might say to you, Peter, well, I think you're, 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 you're light on sin, man. Talking so much about identity and grace. Yeah. What'd you say about that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really important conversation because <clears throat> we were talking earlier, you know, Jesus, God, the father was very hard on sin. 
um, he he crushed his son. Yeah, the blood of God was shed. Um, and I think I think the discomfort some people feel with truly embracing the gospel is that they have for so long hidden under a veil of a false humility, of a false brokenness, um, that that Jesus paid a high, high price. Yes. So to deliver us from sin. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not about making light of sin. This is about saying that that our Jesus has conquered it. And I will not exalt sin and I will not exalt my my humanness over the person and the man of Jesus Christ, who he is, what he's done. I will not allow any weakness in my life or sin to grow bigger and mm-hmm. stronger than Christ. It's about it's about keeping Christ in his rightful place in our hearts as Lord. My my brokenness, any inability I have to like you mentioned if I'm if I'm wandering, if mm-hmm. I'm doing something like that doesn't define me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so to me when when the revelation of the gospel truly hits our hearts, um there is a freedom because God God simultaneously crucified our sinful nature, mm-hmm. but but in the next breath, He gifts us with the righteousness of Christ. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and those two things in and of themselves, I think, are paramount for a believer to truly walk free from the from the penalty, the power, and the presence of sin mm-hmm. uh, in their life. And 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 that's what we want to see. That's what. You know, I want even more of that. I want more Christ likeness in my mm-hmm. life. And I've never, here's the reality I've never gotten more free by focusing on my sin. Oh, yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. And, and, and on the contrary, the more I behold Jesus, the more I, I get his perspective, the more I receive what he's giving me and I, and I own it as if it's mine. Um, because he gave me, you know, the gift of righteousness is a gift. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not something I earn. Yeah. And and that's a really like one of the ways that I put that on, I wear that is like, hey God, you want me to experience this. Yeah. You don't want me to be like, well, I'm not really righteous. Well, that's that's false humility. Mm-hmm. He gave me the gift to wear it and to go, wow, thank you. I enjoy being righteous. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy being clean before you. Yeah. Not out of my own works, but because of this gift in your son, I enjoy having this consciousness 24 by 7. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. Right? Because then yes. any moment I look and I and I turn my heart to God, I can hear his affection. I can hear his pleasure. Mm-hmm. If I'm stumbling, if I'm struggling, if if in that day I'm I'm really battling my flesh, I can hear him remind me, son, that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. If I don't have that, What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Man, if I get in my flesh, I'm going to just spiral out of control. This is who I am. I'm going to hear the accuser. Mm-hmm. And then I'm stuck in that cycle, man. And I lived in that for, for too many years yeah. to go back. Yeah, man. For me, um, I love all of that. I agree 100%, man. This is the true gospel of Jesus. And I read in Romans 8 where the apostle Paul says, mind on flesh is death, but mind on spirit is life and peace. Mm-hmm. And so many would say, well, he crucified my, my sinful nature and he gave me his righteousness or I've become a partaker of the divine nature. So you're saying I don't have a sinful nature. 
That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying that what Jesus did was enough, and he didn't just die to forgive you of your sins. He died to set you free from the very entity and power of sin, Mm. and the Holy Spirit could not live in an impure vessel. He cleaned you. He washed you so that that our bodies could be a pure and holy living space for the living God. And but that's that's a really hard thought process for so many people that I I I've been crucified with Christ. That it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. My body of sin has been crucified with the Lord Jesus Christ. That I don't have a sinful nature. That is a mind-boggling revelation. People will say, "Well, then how come I keep sinning?" And my answer would be, and I'd love to hear your response to this too. But my answer, I'd go back to Romans eight. And I would say, mind on flesh is death, but mind on spirit is life and peace. Spirit, he's a spirit of truth. So when our mind is focused upon the truth of who we are, the truth of who Jesus is, what he has accomplished, then we begin to experience the spirit and walk in the spirit. But when our mind is on flesh, that, that you know, just the lies the enemy feeds us and false perceptions of, of, of life and Christ and what he's done, then, then we get trapped in, in, in bondage. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a very... A good way of saying it that Romans eight scripture is very big. Um, you know, I think there's two ingredients for freedom. You have grace and you have righteousness. Mm. And a lot of where the the hyper grace teaching comes from, and when I say hyper grace, some people say, well, it can't just all be grace, right? We mm-hmm. we can't just all put it on grace, because I think there were some people that said, well, it's all grace, but I I'm still prone to wander. Mm-hmm. And so it was like they embraced rightly a hundred percent grace, but didn't fully get new nature yeah right mm-hmm. and so totally if true. that's the case you, then you feel a little bit unnerving like man if it's all grace like you're gonna you're gonna go off like mm-hmm. so there's got to be some measure of law right mm-hmm. but if i'm if i'm truly born again which is why i said you've got to answer the question are you from adam the first adam or are you from the last adam this question is paramount mm-hmm. before you can walk out the freedom from sin if you can't answer that question Michael, if, if someone listening, they're like, I don't know. And I would tell you, it would take, it could take some, someone months to actually fully unpack the weight of that question and what that oh, means sure. and the implication. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I, I say it this way, the reason why the new covenant puts us a hundred percent under the grace of God, meaning there's no demands. First mm-hmm. Timothy one nine, the law is not laid down for the righteous. Well, what does that mean? It means that if you've truly been born again, the Bible says in Hebrews 8, that God's law is now written on our heart. Mm-hmm. We become obedient from the heart, Romans 6, to mm-hmm. the standard of teaching which we were committed. What does that mean? It means that now what was once written on stones, external, God with his finger by the Spirit, he writes his laws on our hearts when we get born again, which means we wake up with the desire to do right. That's right. And the only way that righteousness, that rightness on our inside comes out is if you put grace over it, mm-hmm. meaning I'm not going to demand someone who's been born of God, you need to walk righteous. No, 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 no. I'm going to help them understand that they actually, I say this a lot, I say, my righteousness will confine me to good behavior more than the law ever could. Amen. And so if someone truly believes and embraces this gift, righteousness becomes, I mean, it it becomes a joy. Mm -hmm. Sin becomes something that you're not trying to get, you know, Mm -hmm. well, you know, if I just take the laws away, I'm going to go sin. No, 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 because I'm I'm righteous. Mm-hmm. I've received that. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for it. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And so now sin becomes so alien in my thinking, and and I've just seen this happen in my life. Like I don't I don't think a lot about sin. And I'll say this because people get uncomfortable when I say that. 
the Holy Spirit is awesome yeah. <laughs> about, about in, within an internal witnessing son, that was out of bounds. And what do I do? I confess it to God. I walk in the light with my brothers. If I sin against my wife, I confess it. But here's what I don't do. I don't wallow in shame. Oh, I don't yeah. wallow in guilt. And I, and I acknowledge sin and I turn from it and I gladly continue on in the righteousness of God and the joy of the Amen, new covenant. Bro. And in these moments of Amen. sin that in the past would have dominated me for weeks and got me in a cycle, they just don't have that power anymore. Oh man. Amen, bro. That's so good. You know, when I first got saved, I encountered the love of God. I was born again. It was an encounter with Jesus that radicalized my life. For anyone who's listening to Awaken podcast constantly, they hear my, they hear my testimony, but one thing that I don't share a lot is that when I got saved, no one told me don't don't curse anymore. Nobody told me, you know, apologize to people that you've hurt. No, I didn't hear that behind a pulpit. But when I spent time with Jesus, these desires sprung up on the inside of me. And I just I was around one of my old buddies who was dropping the F word every five seconds and it just didn't feel good anymore. It just felt gross and my spirit was grieved on the inside and I was just like, it's not who I am anymore. I just, I can't say that confidently anymore without, without just feeling gross about it. And then I would go to parties and I'd be drinking and, and doing, you know, people would be drinking and doing drugs and stuff. And I was like, I'll go and have one beer or whatever. I was newly saved. I didn't have any Christian friends at the time. And I would bring a little Gideon Bible and I put it in my pocket, you know? And I remember just feeling like a fish out of water. And just, mm-hmm. I would go into the, the bathroom and someone would be hooking up in the other room. People would be smoking pot outside. Everyone would be getting drunk, taking drugs. And I'd just feel like, God, this isn't who I am. And I'd be encountering Jesus in the bathroom, the presence of God. And I remember just leaving. There were so many parties I just left. And the one time I opened up a fortune cookie at a party and I felt so uncomfortable comfortable. I just, there was a fortune cookie. I opened it up and it said, time to get new friends. Wow. And it was the Lord talking to me, bro. And like, I sat down with girls that I just used and I sat in front of them and I just said like, God loves you. You're a child of God. I should never have just used you. You're so special to the Lord. No one should ever treat you that way. And mm. they would just cry in front of me. Wow. And, and it's a few of them got saved and got, you know, and it's just like, it's like, God, like, no one had to teach me that. And it's great. Praise God for teachers. When we're teaching these things behind the pulpit, it's fantastic. That's why I'm bringing it up on the podcast to ignite yeah. something in somebody. But that was the spirit of grace teaching me how to live righteous and a holy life in this present age. And so grace is a teacher and we have anointing from the Holy Spirit. No need for a teacher. Thank God for teachers. But we have an anointing that teaches us all things. Mm. It's just so special, bro. The grace grace of God is a wind in our sails. It is an empowerment. It's not a license to sin, Absolutely. but it's power to actually walk free from sin. And mm. the devil wants us to be like, you know what? There's just too much grace. You know what I mean? The devil right. would love for us to just shun grace in fear that we're going to get sloppy because he wants us to live sloppy because mm. grace is the actual power of God to live free from sin. That's right. So yeah, good, man. It's so good. And I, yeah, the grace of God, you know, Paul said, man, I, I basically spent my life to testify to this ministry of the gospel of grace. Like Paul gave his life mm-hmm. for grace. Um, and it was the gospel of grace. And like you said, it is the power of God. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not some just covering. It is literally God's divine enablement to walk like him. Um, awesome. Yeah, I love that. So beautiful, dude. Um, you know, and for me, I began to realize in grace, you know, I just feel like, especially in the charismatic church, um, you just believers, man, we're rightly going after the things of God. You know, we want revival, you know, we want the Holy Spirit to set people free. We want to operate in the power of God, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We, we want to encounter his presence and long for his presence. And for me, um, 
uh, there was so much striving in my life before I got this revelation. You know, I just felt like if I'm not praying like Smith Wigglesworth or if I'm not, you know, reading the Bible as much as John G. Lake did or if I'm not, you know, and I was always that there's this hamster wheel of like, you know, if I if I just fast more, if I just pray more, if I just preach the gospel more, you know, and if I wasn't doing those things, like how's God ever going to use me? You know, there was just this aspect of I needed to do these things to twist God's arm to want to pour out revival, you know? And when I began to realize like, no, like fasting is wonderful. Prayer is communion with God. We need the prayer. Intercession is vital. These are all scriptural things. Evangelism, key. It's our commission, you know? But it's not, these things are tools of empowerment. It's the gospel that is the power of God. And God gave us fasting and prayer and intercession and evangelism, not as the source of our power. They're fueled through the cross, but these are means to which we focus on Jesus because he is our power. Yes. When I fast, I'm not just not eating food to beat up my flesh. I'm taking time to spend time with him who is the author and finisher of my faith. Mm. You know, when I'm spending time in prayer, it's not to just say, oh, I, fa- I, you know, I prayed four or five hours today. I must be more spiritual. It's just like, no, I get to pray and I'm, I'm with him. You know, like I just yeah. feel like even the focus there, like, and I, trust me, I'm, I grew up Pentecostal, non-denominational. I went to, you know, I went to, you know, we focus on the gifts of the spirit, man. I've been all over the church with Bethel and Iris and mm. Christ for the Nations Institute, all these amazing ministries. And I began to, um, I, I'm grateful God is bringing such a strong revelation to the body of Christ, but I would just like to speak into that a little bit before we get off today, just because these things are vital, yeah. but at the same time, they're not buying the power of God. Right. You know what I mean? They're yeah. just... Are, are tools that God has given us. Yeah, it's such an important message, Michael. And I'm glad you asked that question because, <clears throat> you know, Jesus gave authority and power to his disciples. You just ponder that for a second. He gave it to them. Mm-hmm. In a moment, it was just conveyed to heal, to deliver, to, to raise the dead. It was given. They didn't earn it. Mm-hmm. They didn't fight for it. When you think of Pentecost on the 50th, they would think, okay, well, I want my own personal Pentecost. When is God going to give me my Pentecost and the power to do the things? Well, he'll maybe one day by and by when I get mature enough, mm-hmm. he'll give me the power as a token that, you know, I've run well and to show everyone how anointed I am. Well, he mm-hmm. didn't, it's not God's design. Mm-hmm. He gave his 50 year old, they were only 50 days old in the Lord. Mm-hmm. They had been walking with him for three years, but were only born again for 50 days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And God gave them power at the beginning so they could run their race well. I think it comes back to our understanding of, listen, if you're, if you're listening to this, know that God, his design through the gospel is to give you power and authority mm-hmm. to do his works on the earth and that prayer and fasting, like you said, and, and walking in righteousness, these are, these are our delight. These are fruits of a mm-hmm. mature believer in Jesus Christ. And that's one of my burning passions is, you know, Jesus wasn't charismatic. Mm -hmm. Jesus wasn't Pentecostal. Mm -hmm. Jesus was just a grown man of God. I mean, obviously he was God, right? Yes. But like he was mature Mm -hmm. and that's the invitation for every believer. I believe that, that God veils this life in the spirit, what we call revival in something so mundane as called maturity yeah and so what if the path forward was not some moment though i believe in moments and encounters but what if it was just the steady walk of faith walking by faith continuing in the faith continuing to allow the father Mm. to father us fashion us into the image of god into the image of christ and that we could look up and go man 
there's a maturity, not just in me individually, but in my community, Mm -hmm. the way I respond to rejection, the way I respond to the world, um, and that we would see collectively the water level rise as we grow up into maturity. That's my passion. Um, Because once we get there, um, because there is a growing up, you can be immature in Christ you can be mature in Christ. And mm-hmm. if you want to, if, if there's a path you want to walk on, if there's something you want to do, mm-hmm. it's to continue in the faith so that, so that those areas of your life that are not in line with him through surrender, through yielding, through mm-hmm. abiding, you can actually be transformed into his image. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, for those who are listening right now, if this is hitting your heart, and you're saying, I got to hear more about this. I got to know more about this. Obviously, you get tuned to Awaken Podcast. We've got so many episodes. We're like 130 episodes right now. And so you could tune into my teaching series and many of the interviews that I have here and, and learn a lot more about this. But you could also tap into an incredible resource by Peter Lewis entitled Freedom with God. It's a 40-day course. And actually, he's giving our listeners right now, if you're listening to this, you're getting a 25% off of this e-course at BraveheartU.com using promo code AWAKEN. So you go to BraveheartU.com using promo code AWAKEN. He's giving 25% off for those who are listening to this podcast right now. Man, for the, for those who are listening, if you want to tap more into this, if you want to hear more, if this is striking your heart and you are craving revelation of grace, the gospel, the power of God, freedom, how to walk it out, this is definitely the e-course for you. Tell us a little bit more about it, man. Yeah. I mean, I shared some of my heart, my passion. Again, I love the church. I love the bride. And so, you know, our ministry has a ton of resources for the church. And this is one of them that um, really God is using. It's six weeks long. There's video courses, there's reading, there's podcasts, uh, you know, audio messages. And it just walks you through uh, for 40 days, uh, just sort of a crash course. This is a this is really the course I've taught for the last 10 years. I taught Mm -hmm. it at CFNI at the upper room. Uh, a lot of places I go when I get extended time with people who want to go deep in the gospel and sort of mm-hmm. like, hey, reintroduce me to the gospel. If this thing is bigger than I thought, um, if it's not just this one-time message, give me sure. a framework. This is that crash course. Yeah. Um, and so my prayer and hope is that it uh, sort of awakens a new hunger to dive into the scriptures, really test these things out. Just because I say it or you say it, um, that's not going to stir faith. It's like you got you to gotta see it in the scriptures. Let faith ignite in your heart. Um, and when faith ignites in your heart, you're going to experience the grace of God, the power of God like never before. Amen. You know, the uh, the prophet Daniel said, those who know their God will do great exploits. And there's so many negative perspectives, anti-gospel perspectives and thought processes that hold us back from drawing near to God with sincerity of heart and fullness of faith. And that confidence that God tells us to come and approach the throne. He says, come, approach me with confidence. Come to the throne room with confidence. But if you're so sin conscious and you're so focused on what you're not and what you've done, then how can we approach God if we feel like he's upset with us? He's mad at us. If we don't know who we are in Christ, how are we going to come confidently before our God like he wants us to, like the scriptures tells us to? And so we need to renew our minds. That's what focusing on the spirit instead of focusing on the flesh is all about. And I, and I truly believe that Peter Lewis is um, an anointed minister of the gospel. God has raised him up in this time, in this hour. And God is raising up. I'm just, my, my desire is, um, I just can't, I can't have the mixture anymore. I just crave the the milk and the meat. And I want to bring people on this podcast 
that have a deep revelation of Christ and are focused on Christology and they're just undone by the beauty of who he is. They're intimate. They, they walk with him. They know him and they're preaching the pure gospel of Christ. And I, I truly believe that you'll be blessed by this e-course if you grab a hold of it. And um, dude, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast, bro. It's awesome. So yeah, much fun. It was a blast, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so good. Um, I'd love to have you on again sometime. We're local here in DFW, man. And love so it. I just came right to the studio. That was great. But for those who are listening, make sure to subscribe rate and review this podcast we can get it out to more people so they could be blessed and they could be awakened by the gospel of our lord jesus christ bless you guys and i'll speak to you next time on awakened podcast hello everybody mike lombardo here let me tell you about this amazing online store the hope filled journey um, they definitely want to check that out today. Michelle and Renee Torres, they started up an online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, full-time jobs, raising four small children. They stepped out in faith, and God is honoring it every step of the way. It's www.thehopefilledjourney.com. This is where you'll find extraordinary products, clothes, fashion accessories, jewelry, and more. You'll be able to find amazing clothes for spring, handmade jewelry. Their goal is to inspire faith through through their product line as well as high quality in all they do and produce. Check it out. It's the hopefilledjourney.com. And also, if you today, if you go, well, you have the promo code AWAKEN, promo code AWAKEN. If you go to the website, you can get 25% off of all full-priced items and all orders over $60 will ship free. And so that's 25% off today, all full price items and any orders, $60 or more will ship free. And so make sure to go to the website that is www.thehopefilledjourney.com and make sure to use promo code AWAKEN.